Welcome to the 2024 season for Explore Yellowstone Like a Local, the number one podcast for Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks and home to the top-rated guidebook of the same name. And I'm your author as well as your host for this and all the other podcasts and the other videos, Teddy Garland. And this podcast is for all the fun stuff outside Yellowstone Park. There is a reason that hardly any of the locals in Jackson Hole or West Yellowstone or Big Sky or even Bozeman ever go into Yellowstone Park, and that is because there is a lot of really fun stuff to do right outside the park boundaries, and they're all basically situated just a short drive outside the town of West Yellowstone. And every one of these items that we're getting ready to go over is a certain chapter in the guidebook. Like we're going to cover riding four-wheelers on some of the best trails in North America. We're going to cover riding horseback riding, how it sucks in the park, but it's great right outside the park boundaries. We're going to cover whitewater rafting. We're going to cover also where you guys can go float down a real slow-moving river on a big boat or in an inner tube or a kayak or an SUP, and all you've got to do is show up. We're going to cover where you can paddle an SUP or a kayak on a lake so clear it looks like you're floating in midair. We're going to cover power boating. If you guys want to rent a power boat and go fishing, there's a chapter in the guidebook about boating and the two lakes you guys can rent these units on. And I provide you all the information and who you need to call to do that. And then we're also going to cover fly fishing. I mean, West Yellowstone is the fly fishing capital of the world. And we're going to cover the reasons why. And we're also going to cover the Big Sky area. There's a chapter in the guidebook for Big Sky where you guys can go golfing and zip lining and the girls can go have a spa day. The kids can go climb on rock walls and mine for gold in a sluice and Go mountain biking. I mean, there's not any mountain biking place bigger in the world than in Big Sky up there. It's fabulous. And we're also going to cover where you guys can rent mountain bikes or road bikes right there in the town of West Yellowstone and go riding on these little trails that are suitable for the smallest biker in your group or go biking on some of these big trails, the CDT trails right outside of town. It's a fabulous mountain biking trail. And then we've also going to cover the, the brand new Yellowstone Shortline Trail that is just starting to get hooked up that's going to run all the way from West Yellowstone all the way down to Jackson Hole and turn back around and go right up into the Grand Tetons. It is going to be a destination biking trail when it's completed in the next couple of years. And But you can actually ride about 17 or 20 miles of that thing now in the 2024 season and it will connect up with the trail they're building coming up from Jackson Hole. And we're going to cover all of that and every one of these items is a chapter listed in the guidebook for you guys. Not only does the guidebook cover everything inside Yellowstone and Grand Teton you guys ever want to go do in your entire lives, we cover all the fun stuff to do right outside the park boundaries because that is what we do when we go up there. We don't spend seven days a week in the park. We spend two or three days in the park, then we spend two or three days outside the park doing all of these fun items, and you guys should do that as well. There's no reason you have to go fight those crowds in traffic all day. You guys can go have a ball right outside of Yellowstone Park, and I'm going to get you to all those fun things, and we're going to gloss over all of these in this podcast, but every one of these things has an individual chapter in the guidebook and tells you everything you need to know how to pull off these great days just outside the Yellowstone Park boundaries on your Yellowstone Park vacation, so let's get rolling.
The guidebook has been called the best guidebook ever written for Yellowstone Park and a must-have for any trip to Yellowstone and even the Bible for Yellowstone Park and all these outside areas are covered as well. So, if you're thinking about getting a guidebook for your Yellowstone vacation and you want some more info before you buy one, simply listen to my podcast, Introduction to Explore Yellowstone Like a Local, or you can watch my YouTube video of the same name, and there you will hear about my family's over 100-year history in the area and my knowledge of Yellowstone and these outside areas. And you'll also discover how easy the guidebook is to use, giving you step-by-step instructions so you can self-guide yourself not only in Yellowstone and Grand Teton, but also these outside areas. I cover everything you need to know and do to do all of these fun things that are located right outside the park boundaries. And while you're inside the park, the guidebook tells you how to beat all the crowds to all the top sites so you can save time. And in the Planning Your Yellowstone Vacation chapter, I teach you how to save thousands of dollars on your Yellowstone vacation by following my money-saving tips on flights, lodging, and dining. And I highly recommend anybody listening to this podcast join our Explore Yellowstone Like a Local Facebook group where you will see hundreds of sparkling reviews for the guidebook as well as thousands of pictures that you guys have posted of you guys having a great time on your Yellowstone vacation. And a lot of those pictures are of these outside areas we're getting ready to cover. And a lot of you guys have contacted us after you got home telling us that you guys would have never known to go do some of these things if you hadn't bought a guidebook book and how it was just the highlight of your Yellowstone Park vacation. So to get your copy, simply go to our website, exploreyellowstonelikealocal.com, where you can get an electronic copy for only 12 bucks or a paperback copy for 25 bucks. And I write a personal note to everyone who buys one and throw in a cool Yellowstone sticker as well. And there's some combo deals on there that are very popular where you guys can save some jack. And we also have a store on there where you guys can get some trucker hats and some other swag on there as well. And the guidebook is 20% longer than it was last year, so you guys can have a lot more fun stuff to peruse in the guidebook. So be aware that we only print off a 1,000 paperback copies of the guidebook every year, and in 2023, we sold out about the first week in August. So if you want a paperback copy of the guidebook, be sure and get yours ordered. We try to do our part to help save the environment and we are, you guys are visiting national parks, the national park in the world, so, albeit, so we just try to do our part and we only print off a thousand paperback copies. So, if you want one of those, get it ordered now. So, all right, let's get rolling with all the fun stuff to do right outside the boundaries of Yellowstone Park. You guys got to remember, a lot of this stuff, 99% of this stuff, is not allowed inside Yellowstone Park. So, for you guys that want to go whitewater rafting and all that stuff, you've got to do it right outside the boundaries. And we We cover all of that in the guidebook for you guys. So let's get rolling with this really, really fun podcast. And at the very end, you guys are, I'm going to tell you guys about a place that you guys will not dream is right outside the park boundaries of Yellowstone Park. I'm going to save the best for last. So here we go. All right, so before we get started, just everybody remember that anybody that buys a guidebook will find a QR code in the back of the guidebook, and that QR code unlocks a private YouTube video library 
of all the stuff, not only to do inside Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks, but we also shot videos of all of this stuff outside the parks as well. So as you're reading through the guidebook and kind of come to something real interesting and all that, you'll see a little YouTube icon next to that item. And then you can go to that private YouTube page so you can actually see what I'm talking about in the guidebook as opposed to just reading about it. It's really cool. And everything we're getting ready to gloss over is in that library for you guys. And we're getting ready to go over a lot of stuff, but we're just going to gloss over everything. If I was going to get into detail about all the stuff we're going to go through here, all these multiple chapters in the guidebook, this podcast would be six or seven hours long. So this is just going to be a quick gloss over of what's in the guidebook for you guys. Just remember, the guidebook gives you everything you need to know to pull off these one-day adventures in the guidebook. And every one of these things we're getting ready to talk about basically takes one day to complete. So these are all just more one-day adventures that you can have on your Yellowstone Park vacation. So let's first start with what I get more requests for information on, and that is riding four-wheelers and side-by-side units. So in the guidebook, I've got an entire chapter devoted to these four-wheelers and side-by-side units. And right outside of West Yellowstone, there are these two-track trails that summit these two peaks just west of the town of West Yellowstone called Two Top and Lion's Head. And these are width restriction controlled trails, so there's no big razors and that kind of stuff up there with multiple people in them. These are designed for small one or two person units so they don't want the trails torn up because they go up into these fabulous places where you can see the Yellowstone Caldera and the Grand Tetons and all that stuff. So but these trails aren't open up all summer long. They open up later in the springtime than the trails do, say, over in nearby Idaho. Because these trails are high mountain trails, they get a lot of snow on them and the snow doesn't melt off sooner. So what they do is they've got a certain date that these trails were open, and I provide you all that information in the guidebook. So once these trails do open up, I provide you the, the concessionaires in West Yellowstone where you should rent your machines. And then also we give you step-by-step instructions on how to go through these trails. And that is part of that private YouTube video library that we just discussed. And so every time I go ride my four-wheeler, I run across you guys up on these trails going, man, where are we? We're lost. You know, you've got the map they handed you when you rented your four-wheeler upside down, and it is very confusing. These trails intertwine like a bowl of spaghetti and everything else. So we shot that YouTube video so you guys can download it to your phone, and we tell you how to get where you go into the next junction. You're going to turn right, and this is what you're going to see. Then you go to the next junction. You're going to turn left. This is what you're going to see. So we shot a video so you guys can go up there and not get lost and really have fun enjoying these trails. But like I mentioned earlier, they only open up on a certain date because they're high mountain trails. However, if you guys are there earlier than when these trails open, I give you the alternative places you guys can rent and ride your machines about a 20 mile drive from West Yellowstone. And so, and I give you the trails you should ride over there. So all of that information is in the guidebook for you guys, where and when you should ride your four wheelers. So, and another good tip for you guys about who are thinking about going and riding four wheelers is go when it's raining or go the day after it has rained. These machines are enclosed and encased so you're not going to get wet and 
The worst part about riding four-wheelers is if you're the third or fourth or fifth machine back is you're just getting dusted out, man. I mean, you, you get dust and stuff and cracks in your body that you didn't know existed. So go on a day it's raining because these machines are enclosed or they have the gear, rain gear, so you're not going to get wet because you're wearing a helmet. You won't get wet at all. And a lot of these machines are small two-seater side-by-side units that are small enough to fit through the width restriction gates that get you to the top of two top and lion's head that keeps the bigger machines out which is great as far as i'm concerned and go when it's raining or go the day after it has rained. That way nobody gets dusted out. And that way you don't have to sit out in the rain and watch Old Faithful go off or something like that. You can go ride four-wheelers on a rainy day on your Yellowstone vacation. So, But anything you'd ever want to know about riding four-wheelers right outside of Yellowstone Park is in that chapter. So if that interests you, simply read that chapter and you're set to have a great day riding four-wheelers right outside of Yellowstone Park on what have been called the best trails in North America. Alright, so let's cover horseback riding next, and there are some great places to go ride horses right outside of Yellowstone Park, while the horseback riding inside Yellowstone Park kind of sucks. So let's go over all that next. All right, everybody that wants to go horseback riding that comes to Yellowstone Park wants to ride inside Yellowstone Park. But I'm telling you guys, I have done it and it sucks. It's no good. There's two places to go ride horses in Yellowstone Park, and that's over at the Canyon Village area or up at the Roosevelt Stables up near Tower Junction. But here's the problem with those things. These things book up months, if not a year in advance, and... You end up riding with 50 or 60 or 70 people that you have no idea who they are, and you talk about getting dusted out. If you're the back 20 or 30 horses on a train of horses that big, you are just going to get smothered in dust the entire trail. Plus, these trails in the park don't go to any of the main sites. You don't get to go see the lower falls. You don't get to go see a geyser go off. You don't get to go see... Uh, the caldera views, or you don't get to go see the Tetons. You, you don't get to go see any of that stuff. It's just riding through the trees, and it's a dusty nose-to-tail deal, and you're riding with 50 or 60 people, and you have no idea who they are. So, uh, and I've done it all. Don't, don't do it. I'm just telling you guys, don't do it. However, there are some great places to go riding just five miles outside of West Yellowstone. And I've got all of these listed in the guidebook for you guys. I've got four concessionaires right outside Yellowstone Park that you guys can go ride on, and they're great trails, and they get you up on some high vista peaks where you guys can see back over Yellowstone Park, see the Grand Tetons, see these two gorgeous high mountain lakes, and it's just you and your family. You can book a, a tour for just your group or your family and go riding. And, and it's, that's what you want. You don't want to share a trail with 60 people and just get dusted out the whole time. That's no good. It's no fun. Don't go riding horses in the park, but do go riding horses outside the park. I have been riding at one of these places that I consider the gold standard since I was five years old. I've been sending people to this concessionaire for 40 years and have not had one single complaint. So, But I list all of that stuff in the guidebook for you guys and different ones and where they go different places. And But it's, it's really cool. If you guys got your little daughter or son that just dying to go horseback riding, don't go in the park. You'll regret it. It's a waste of money and a waste of time, and you're just going to get dusted out. But do go to the four places I've got listed in the guidebook for you guys. They have great reviews. You'll have a great 
great time, and you will thank me later. It's a much, much, much better deal. Now, for those of you that might want to ride horses in front of the Grand Tetons, that is not allowed anymore to go up into the spires of the Tetons with a concessionaire. There are a handful of horse trails that get up kind of at the base of the Tetons, but those are privately owned horses. They don't have any concessionaires permitted to go up into the Tetons anymore. I did that back in the day, back in the 70s and 80s a few times. God, we went all the way up to Lake Solitude and all that stuff. It was great. But I think the year year after we did that in 86 or something like that, that was the last year they had concessionaires go up into the Tetons. However, in the guidebook, I've got a place where you can ride bikes right at the base of the Grand Tetons. And there's one company that has private trails that ride right around the base of the Tetons right there. You can't really see Jenny Lake. You can't really get a whole lot of great views. It's kind of through the trees and all that, but it is the closest concessionaire to the Tetons where you can ride a horse, and it's really, really, really expensive. So I just listed in the guidebook for you guys just in case somebody wants to ride horses down there, but I do not recommend it. So, all right, and that covers horseback riding in Yellowstone and now Grand Teton. So let's cover whitewater rafting next. For those of you that want a little excitement in your life, and I love whitewater rafting up there, there's some great, I mean, unbelievable place to go whitewater rafting right outside of Yellowstone Park. All right, and since we're just talking about the Grand Tetons, let's cover that first. There is a couple of places that go whitewater rafting out of Jackson Hole, and I've got those listed in the guidebook for you guys, but you don't go whitewater rafting in front of the Grand Tetons. They take you about 10 miles south of the Grand Tetons over there, and the river's just not that good. There's a few named rapids in about a 10-mile float. It's about a 5 or a 6 on a scale of 10, so I don't recommend you guys waste your money or time doing that. And for those of you that want to float in front of the Tetons, that is definitely not recommended. So what happens on a float in front of the Tetons is, is you get in these enormous, and I'm talking bus size float boats, and you launch over there south of the Jackson Lake Dam, and the river is just dead slow. I mean, it looks like a lake in spots. And you just kind of tootle along through there, and then for about five or 10% of the trip, you actually can see the Tetons far off in the distance. For the rest of the float, the Snake River actually sits down in this little canyon about two or three hundred feet deep off this kind of bank in the valley in front of the Tetons, and you can't see out of this little valley unless the river is going straight towards the Tetons, say at the Snake River Bend, then you can kind of see them for a few minutes because the river is pointing at the Tetons, then it turns left, and then you're just sitting there looking at the bank the whole time. It's just a bore fest, you guys. It's an absolute bore fest. And to me, it is a very expensive, wasted day in your Yellowstone vacation. So I don't recommend whitewater rafting or floating in front of the Tetons, anything about any of that down in Jackson Hole. So, but here is definitely where I do recommend you do this. And this is where I go every year. I'd love to go whitewater rafting. I own my own boats and the whole nine yards. So we have a ball doing this. So... 
In the guidebook, I list the concessionaires up in the Big Sky area that you should go with, and I have recommended these people for 20-plus years without a single complaint. So starting about May 15th and running through about July 1st, the whitewater rafting on the Gallatin River up near Big Sky is absolutely off the charts fun. And so it, it's big time, you guys. There are 40 named rapids in a, about a 12-mile float, and this river is just hooking it through there. Gorgeous views of the Gallatin Canyon through there. That's where they filmed the movie A River Runs Through It with Brad Pitt. That's how beautiful this river is through there. Big time rafting, big time rapids and everything else. Everybody's having a ball. You're paddling along and helping guide the river through all the rapids and everything else. You finish off the float with what this area called the Mad Mile. And I'm telling you, it is a mile of the, the absolute funnest whitewater you'll find anywhere on planet Earth. It's a absolute gas. And that is what we go run two or three days a week when the river is up and hooking it. I mean, I have got an entire chapter in the guy strictly devoted to whitewater rafting. That's how much I enjoy doing it. And when the Gallatin drops, because it's all, of course, reliant on snowfall, so when the, the river drops and the Gallatin doesn't become much fun anymore, these same concessionaires have permits to swing over by Ennis, which is a you know, little further drive and a little different highway, leaving West Yellowstone, but it's still only about an hour, you get up to the Bear Trap Canyon. And the Bear Trap Canyon float has been listed as one of the top 10 one-day floats in the United States for 30 or 40 years. It is absolutely top-notch. And there's a really cool feature in the Bear Trap. The Bear Trap has warm water in it. What happens is the Madison River flows out of Yellowstone Park. It swings around, goes through Lake Hebgen, Quake Lake, down from Quake Lake all the way to Ennis. And then it sits out there on Lake Ennis in solar heats for days or a week. And what happens is it narrows into this canyon where the Bear Trap is. It's called the Bear Trap Canyon in the Lee Metcalf wilderness area and there's a power plant down there in this tiny skinny canyon and they skim the water off the top of Lake Ennis to turn the paddles in the power plant as opposed to taking it from the bottom. So you get this solar heated water and the water's about 85-88 degrees whereas like on the Gallatin or the Snake or anything else it's snow melt. I mean it's 38-40 degrees tops. It's just freezing cold and you have to wear those dry suits and all that so you don't freeze to death. But on the the bear trap you can just wear a bathing suit i mean and it's unreal there are some big time rapids on the on the bear trap over there we love running the bear trap so the combination of these two rivers the gallatin in the spring months and then the bear trap in the summer months of july and august because it's a controlled float that you know the water levels are kept basically the same all summer long through the bear trap i mean i've got friends that are kayakers in bozeman that have run the bear trap on christmas day because in kayaks with snow covering all the, the boulders in the river and stuff. I've seen pictures of that. It's unreal. You can run the bear trap anytime you want, but it's best to run the Gallatin in the spring and then the bear trap during the summer months. So that these combinations of these two rivers give you some of the best whitewater rafting found anywhere in the United States. And it's long-term whitewater rafting. So it gets you all summer long. It covers your entire Yellowstone Park vacation, regardless of when you guys are visiting. So... 
And the Gallatin's just right outside of Yellowstone Park. I mean, it initiates the headwaters are up in Yellowstone Park and it pours out of Yellowstone Park. And one of the hikes I get you guys to is to those headwaters on a hike that is totally suitable for the smallest hiker in your group. And I cover all that in the hiking chapter in the guidebook. So, but whitewater rafting, if you guys are, all, you know, thrill seekers a little bit, like a little excitement in your life and all that kind of stuff, then whitewater rafting on your Yellowstone Park vacation should be on your bucket list. You will not be disappointed. It is an absolute blast. And you'll see me running down the river with you guys. So, all right. So let's cover uh, some more. Well, let's stay in the water section. So let's cover a river that is really smooth. So if, uh, if whitewater rafting sounds like a bit much for you and you want to go down a river that is really flat and really smooth and enjoy Enjoy it and just kind of catch some sun. Let's cover that next. Only about 20 miles from West Yellowstone, there's a river over there that is just dead flat smooth. And all you have to do is show up over there. I've got all the information in the guidebook about how you pull this great day off of just floating down a dead, flat, smooth river. And who knows, you might see a moose along the way. There is a great picture of Lisa and I floating down this river. I'm in a kayak, and she's on our SUP, and she's floating about 30 feet away from this moose that's walking in this river right behind her. And these there's two moose that hang out on this river, and they are always there. So you're going to go floating by a moose. I mean, how often in your life are you going to be able to paddle an SUP or float in an inner tube down a river right outside of Yellowstone Park and have a moose right behind you? I'm telling you guys, this place has got it going on. And all you have to do is show up. You'll get there and I'll tell you where you're going and all this kind of stuff. You can go pick out a big float boat raft and you can kind of get eight people in this thing if you want. And you can get the elderly people in it or whatever because they're just sitting on this giant raft. And then if your kids want to get in inner tubes, you can do that. If somebody wants to paddle an SUP, they've got those. If somebody wants to do a kayak, they've got those as well. Anything you guys want. And then they're going to load all this stuff up in a, in a trailer. And they've got these big... Uh, people carry your vans. And what they'll do is they'll load your family up in one of these vans. They drive you about eight miles upstream and they unload everything for you. They kick you out and you jump on the raft, you jump in the inner tubes and you take off. And then they meet you down back at the takeout down there, pick everything up and they go put it up and let somebody else go rent it. You go dry off and you go have a killer lunch somewhere. This place has got it going on and I mean, you will see hundreds of people doing this every day on a warm day. We do this three or four times a year. It's a blast, you guys. It's really, really a lot of fun. It's just a nice, dead, calm, slow-moving river. takes about three hours to get from start to finish, and... I mean, it's just magical spot, and this river, kind of the, the headwaters of this, kind of initiate back up at the in the park, and the water kind of comes out of the park and and starts this river. I mean, it's right on the edge of Yellowstone Park. But if you so much as launch a giant swan and your little kids are floating down next to your picnic area in Yellowstone Park, they're going to throw you guys in the hooskow. That you're going to end up with a huge fine. I think it's $180 per person, and they are dead serious about people not floating on the rivers in Yellowstone Park, so you just can't do it. They are dead serious about that stuff. You got a family of four, and you got caught so much as floating on an inner tube tire in Yellowstone Park, you're just going to get about a 
$1,000 ticket that you have to pay. So yeah, just don't do it. So there's these areas right outside of Yellowstone Park where you can get on these slow moving rivers. It's really, really cool. And all you've got to do is show up. When you guys pull up to this area and see all this stuff, you're going to look upstream and you're going to see dozens, if not 40 or 50 people coming downstream at you on everything imaginable that will hold air. And I mean, it is an absolute ball. Kids splashing each other in inner tubes and parents are in the boats, moms catching some rays and relaxing. And, you know, it, it's really a great deal. We do this multiple times a year and everybody in town does too. All this is where a lot of the locals take their little kids and they go floating, rafting, boating, whatever you want to call it, down this little stream over here. And it's really, really a lot of fun. I mean, you can stand up anywhere you want in the whole deal. There's one spot that gets a little bit deeper about halfway down and these people have tied this big rope swing on this old dead tree that sticks out over the river right there and you can stop and everybody can jump out and your kids can fling themselves up on this rope swing go 20 feet in the air do a bunch of back flips and land in the river in this one deep pool that these kids have hooked up this rope swing at i mean it's a ball man this is really really fun stuff to go do and in the guidebook i tell you everything you need to know to do that and all you have to do is show up just have your bathing suit and a towel ready and be ready to get wet. It's a ball, you guys. So, all right, so let's also cover some other stuff where you can go on a lake, a really beautiful high mountain lake that has water in it so clear. When you're out there on it, it looks like you're floating in midair. Everybody has seen those pictures. It literally looks like you're floating in midair when you're out of the water from somebody from shore looking at you. It's incredible. So let's go over that next. All right, about a 30-minute drive from West Yellowstone, and I will get you to a high mountain lake. It's a small high mountain lake that is completely surrounded by mountains. It's kind of in a little canyon, and the water in this little area is so crystal clear. It's actually a turquoise green color. Like if you guys have ever been to the Caribbean and stuff like that, and you see that turquoise green color in the sea, this is what this lake looks like. And I've had a lot of you guys go here, and you go, I was reading the guidebook, and I read about this lake, and I saw the pictures. We've got some great pictures in the guidebook. Plus, on that private YouTube page, we have videos shot of this whole lake, so you guys can see it firsthand if you get a guidebook. But this is 2024. This is back in about 2021. This guy sent me a pictures of him and his daughter out on this lake. She got an SUP. He got a kayak. And his daughter had never been on an SUP or anything else. And she's paddling this SUP on there and just hooping and hollering and have the best time of her life. He goes, it was just made their Yellowstone National Park vacation by getting to this lake. He said he couldn't believe it. A place like this existed just 30 minutes drive outside of Yellowstone Park, and it was the highlight of their Yellowstone Park vacation. It's absolutely unreal, and I've got the number in the guidebook for you guys where you can rent the equipment. You guys can call and rent your equipment in advance. Say you got a big group and you need a lot of different stuff, a lot of SUPs and all this stuff, or kayaks or canoes. they got anything you guys want, and you can rent all this stuff and get out there and go on this lake. It's just, and it's a cakewalk. It's a real small lake surrounded 
surrounded by high peaks. And so even if the wind comes up, the waves get three or four inches tall. It's it's totally safe for the smallest, smallest paddler in your group and everything else. And what we do is we launch, we go paddle around, we get up in one of the little arms or something like that, and we sit on shore, we find a grassy spot, we have a little picnic lunch, the kids go swimming, we take our little dog with us and set him out there about 20 feet in the water, and he paddles around, and he goes over to shore and all this stuff. I mean, it's an absolute ball. Yeah, that's another thing about all this stuff. I kind of just kind of fell into that. On all of these outside-the-park activities, you can take your pet with you. I mean, if you're floating down that slow-moving river, you can put your dog in the boat with you guys. They don't care. And your dog is going to float down the river with you guys. It's a ball. We take our dog down there all the time. There's a picture of him in the kayak sitting between my legs going, Oh, my God, Dad, not again. So... And like we're talking about this high mountain lake, you'll see people with labs and stuff out there throwing sticks out in the water, and these dogs are out there going to get the stick and swimming back, and people are having lunch on the shore and everything else. This is a great spot, and I get you guys to this spot. And I'm telling you guys, if you're standing on shore and you're watching your little kids paddle an SUP out there about 40 or 50 feet away from you, this water in this lake is so crystal clear. It literally looks like they're floating in midair. Everybody has seen those pictures in travel magazines and stuff where somebody's on a lake and they're out there floating along and it looks like they're floating in midair. This is one of those spots. It is absolutely incredible. And everybody that gets a guidebook and goes out there, they send me notes and everything else, pictures, like that guy with his little daughter or something like that. Everybody loves getting to this high mountain lake. And it's totally safe. There's never going to be any big waves and everything. And for a little icing on the cake, they're just a number of bald eagle nests around this lake. I don't know why these bald eagles were out there, but there is probably eight or ten bald eagle nests around there. So as you're paddling along, messing around, having lunch over on the shore somewhere, you can look up and you'll just see dozens of bald eagles flying around all the time, all day long in this deal because they come down there and they fish. There's a lot of fish in that lake. There's a lot of fishermen go fishing out there. You know, but the whole lake is probably, God, 20 blocks long and about five blocks wide. It's tiny. It's not very big at all, but it's really, really cool. And it's got these little arms you can go visit and get away from any people if there's some crowds on the main spots. Like I say, you can go find a spot that's just you and your family, your group, and have a nice lunch and everybody goes swimming and screwing around. And it is an absolute blast. So, and all that information, how to get there, because you have to know how to get there. It's not that easy to find. But once you get there, I tell you all the information on who to rent the equipment from and everything else. The phone numbers are in the guidebook and everything. And you guys will have a ball just like those other people have that have visited there. And it ended up being the highlight of their Yellowstone Park vacation. So, all right, so let's cover power boating next. If you guys are more of a power boat kind of family or kind of guy and don't want to paddle a canoe or a kayak or an SUP across the lake or a river or something like that, let's cover power boating next. There are two great lakes just right outside of Yellowstone Park, and one of them flows, the Madison flows in, and it's called Lake Hebgen, and the other one is where I grew up as a kid, about 15 miles west of the West Gate into Yellowstone Park, and that's at Lake Henry's. And both of these are really beautiful, high mountain lakes just surrounded by mountains and everything else. They're, they're just gorgeous. But in the guidebook, I provide you the information on renting a cabin on either side of these lakes, and also provide you the spot where you guys can rent a boat 
boat of any given size, you can rent just a boat for two people or a giant pontoon boat for an entire family, and pull it up behind your lakeside cabin and have it there when you guys get out of the park. Remember, I, I say this over and over and over again, the fun doesn't stop when you guys leave Yellowstone Park. So you guys get in the park early, get out of the park early, you guys go back to your cabin and go out and, and catch some fish. Go out on Lake Hebgen and catch some fish and drive around out there. Lake Henry is one of the best trout fishing lakes on planet Earth. Trust me, I caught the largest trout caught in North America there when I was 14 and held the state record till about three years ago. And I got a picture of the girl that broke my record in the guidebook. I'm telling you, these are some great lakes to go fish. They're beautiful high mountain lakes. On Lake Hebgen, there's a couple rope swings on there. I got a picture of Lisa flying off one of those rope swings about 20 feet in the air, getting ready to do about three flips and land in the water. So there's a lot of fun things to do. And if your family wants to go catch fish after the evenings, after dinner, you guys can go boating. It doesn't get dark till about nine o'clock during the summer months up there. So you guys can have a lot of fun when you guys get out of these lakes. And I give you all the information where to rent not only the boats and everything else, but also the, the lakefront cabins in both of those lakes for you guys. So... And anybody that's listened to me in the past knows I love to throw stories in there. So we're going to throw a really good story about Lake Henry's in right here for you guys. So here we go with your first story of this podcast. So this all takes place quite a while ago, back in 1985-ish, 90-ish, right through there. And what we would do is we would have a lot of friends come up there and stay with me and my girlfriend or me and my wife or me and my family. Friends would come up there with me from high school or whatever and stay up, you know, a week. And I'd be staying there all summer, but they would kind of come and go there all summer long. And so some good friends would come up every year, couples and all this kind of fun stuff. And so we were all in the park one day bombing around and we were coming back to Lake Henry's. We stayed at this place called Staley Springs on the west side of the lake and it's all gone now all these janky cabins and everything we used to stay in are gone replaced by just multi-million dollar homes right on the water that you can also rent and i give you all the information how to do that in the guidebook but anyway we were coming along the north edge of lake henry's coming down the highway to get over to staley springs and there was this old 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 museum that had been there since i was a little kid i mean it was probably built in the 1930s or 40s and this museum was just never ever open you never ever saw a car in front of it or the door open or an open sign or anything else and i mean i had been by that thing over a thousand times, easily in my lifetime, over a thousand times, thousands of times. And I had never seen the stupid thing open. So we're coming out of the park. We're heading back to Staley Springs. We drive by there and I go, look, the door's open. And there's a sign that says open on the front of that museum. So we, you know, we whip a quick Yui and we pull back in there and we stop and we all get out and we go bombing in there. Go up this old staircase, this old building just looks like it's falling apart. And you went in there and it's just this old, dark, dingy, dungy looking place. But right when you walked in the door, I mean, right when you walked in the door, there was one of the coolest stuffed animal displays I think I've ever seen in my entire life. Had this black wolf, this huge 
stuffed black wolf with a ram, a, a big horn sheep ram with the giant horns and everything. And this wolf has bitten this ram by the horn and is dragging his head down. It's like this live action stuffed animal display. I think it's one of the coolest stuffed animal displays I've ever seen in my entire life. And so we're all just out there walking around, and this guy's sitting there behind the counter. She's like, couldn't believe it. He's like, where have you been my whole life? And so he's back there just milling around, and we have a little, he has a little tip jar. Doesn't even charge admission. You just walk in there, and he has a little tip jar sitting there with not a dime in the damn thing. Yes, we all kind of got some money together. We threw about 20 bucks in there. We're all just walking around looking at all this great stuff and everything else. So I walk over and start talking to this guy. And uh, I introduced myself, said I was Teddy Garland. And uh, he goes, are you Lee Garland, son? And I said, yes, I am. And he goes, I know your dad. I fish with him out there on the lake all the time. And I said, no kidding. And he goes, yeah, he's a great fisherman, man. And I go, yeah, dad's a really good fisherman. He taught me well, I promise you. And so we were talking, just shooting the bull and everything else. And he had this photo album up there on the counter sitting there next to him. And so I'm just sitting there shooting the bull with this guy, talking about where he lived. His whole family had been up there for a hundred years like ours had and he knew my granddad and his granddad knew my granddad this this whole weird connection and you know and I was sitting there going you know why haven't you had the museum open man it's really cool but anyway so I'm thumbing through this photo album and as I'm sitting here talking to this guy and I, I going through there just looking at these pictures talking to this guy there's a little glass case with all these crazy trinkets and Indian stuff in this glass case I'm you know sitting there leaning on looking through this photo album and I turn the page and there's a photo sitting there staring at me. It's like this old, old, old photo it had kind of the jagged edge around the side of it and everything else. This old black and white photo. And it's kind of looked like it was on one of those glass plate looking things. I mean, that's how old this photograph was. And uh, I looked over there and I go, well, that's Lake Henry's from right down here on the shore. And I go, I can see Sawtell Peak back in the background. Sawtell Peak's over on the south side. And he goes, yeah. And I go, well, where's all the water? And uh, he goes, well, that's before the dam was built. And I go, wow. And I go, well, what's what are all these humps and all these berms and these dirt hills and everything everywhere? And I looked real close at this picture, and you could see these wooden stilts about eight or ten feet in the air, and they had what looked like a platform on top of them, and dead people on top of them. And I go, is that what I think it is? And he goes, yeah, that's the, those are dead Indians. That's an Indian burial ground all through Lake Henry's. And he starts telling me this story. And he goes, the Indians, the Shoshones, the Bannocks, the Blackfeet, and the Crows, and all the Indians that inhabited Yellowstone Park for thousands of years before you know the white man showed up, would bring their dead out of Yellowstone Park area and bring them over to Lake Henry's. It was their sacred burial grounds. And they would take a canoe and they would paddle it through these mounds and these little shallow channels around these burial mounds, these mounds of dirt that they turned into burial mounds. They would build stilts and everything else, and they would put their dead up on top of these things, all dressed in their full garb and everything else. And it looked like there was maybe 40 or 50 of them out there. You know, the picture got fuzzy on the edges. It didn't stay clear. Then, you know, it's the first photographs were invented back through here. So this is just an old, old, old photograph. And 
I kept, I go, wow, that's fascinating. And he goes, yeah, the Henry's Lake area used to be ancient burial grounds for the Indians for, you know, a millennia. And I go, wow, that is so cool. So all summer goes by. My friends leave and everything else, and it's hot during August. And me and my cousin, Freddie, are out there water skiing on Lake Henry's. And not many people screwed around with that. I mean, because there's leeches in it and it's full of algae and the whole thing's only about 15 feet deep after they built the the uh, dam and so you know but we would haul two surfboards up there and and uh, get every fat kid in camp to go sit on the back of uncle jack's boat and we would take off and we'd have two people on surfboards me on one side and freddie on the other and we'd wait for the boat to come by and we'd paddle and catch on that big wake on behind uncle jack's boat and we were surfing on lake henry's every year for 30 years and so yeah we we would go out there and kind of if we got a leech on us we'd burn it off with a cigarette or mom would burn it off with a match or whatever but yeah we were out there on lake henry's all the time so my cousin freddie and i are the only ones there everybody else is gone all our friends are gone and everything else so it's a really nice hot warm day and we looked out there about lunchtime and the lake's just a sheet of glass just an absolute sheet of glass you know, let's go, man. Let's get the this slalom ski out and let's go out there. So we'd go out there past where all the fishermen were, kind of out in the middle of the lake. And we were kind of heading over to the dam. Even if the wind came up, the area back there in this channel where the dam was always really smooth. But we were just, you know, taking off across the lake now because the lake was so smooth. We'd usually wait till we got over towards the dam area before we would put in. But it was so smooth, we took off from there. So I'd get back there, and Freddie gets me up, and I'm you know flying around, cutting across the way, cutting across the way, and you know I'm going to ski all the way across Lake Henry's, all the way to the dam area over there, and then Freddie's going to jump on him. We're going to come back. So I'm cutting across the way, you know, just sliding through there, making big arcs. It's just a ball. It's smooth as glass. So I cut across the wake to the left, and I lay that ski out and everything, and right underneath me. Right underneath my arm, and I'm leaning over to the right and everything else. I'm about three feet off the water at a big angle, shooting a big arc of water off to the left from that ski. And there goes one of those wooden posts just right by me. And I looked at it, and I immediately knew what it was. It had to be one of those Indian burial posts. So I immediately dropped the rope, you know, and I kicked that ski back and I skid to a stop and I throw that ski off. And I'm swimming back, back trying to find that post. You know what I was thinking? I'm just a kid, man. I'm, you know, 15, 18, 20 years old, however old I was. I was going to swim back over there and I was going to dive down to the bottom and see if I could find some cool Indian trinkets or something. I, I didn't know, but I was going to go find that post and dive back down there and see what I could find. And I had, I'd been on that lake a million times and I'd never seen anything like that in my whole life. You know, because it's always a little bit choppy and a little wavy. You're not going to see that. It had to be glass smooth for you to be able to see that and I went right over the top of it. We went back and looked for 30 minutes and couldn't find it again. I mean, I was feeling in the water. I said, I know it's here. I know I saw it. It was only three or four inches under the water. And I just had to be there. It was a, it was a post. It was a 
cut post. It was made by man. It was not a, a tree or something. It was a man-made post, and it had to be one of those Indian burial posts. So, But we just could not find that damn thing. I mean, we looked and looked and looked and looked and looked and couldn't find that thing. Went and skied Freddy all the way up to the dam and came back and looked again and couldn't find that damn thing, but never could find it thing. But isn't that a cool story? Yeah, Henry's Lake used to be the Indian burial ground site, a, a sacred burial grounds for the Indians back in the day who, uh, who occupied the Yellowstone Park area. And I tell a really good story about the Indians in the guidebook and how they used to kill everybody and how these three brothers came into the park, the third, fourth, and fifth white men, and they basically found Yellowstone Park and, and helped get Yellowstone Park named a national park. But I tell that great story of the three brothers in the guidebook, and everybody listening to this podcast should hear the story about the three brothers. And the only place you're going to hear that is in the guidebook. But I have a place for you to pull over and read everybody that story in your park. And I mean, without question, almost every time I come through the park, somebody's got my guidebook in that spot reading to their family or their group about the story of the three brothers and everybody just loves it so but anyway that's a great great story i thought i'd throw that story in there since we were talking about power boating on lakes and everything else and but uh yeah lake henry's where i grew up a kid and it used to be indian burial grounds from the indians inside yellowstone national park so all right so let's go over fly fishing next since we we're also talking about catching big fish on lake henry's let's go over fly fishing next All right, and I've got an entire chapter in the guidebook devoted to fly fishing as well. And fly fishing in West Yellowstone is a way of life like no other place on the planet. West Yellowstone is the fly fishing capital of the world. Hands down, I don't care who you talk to, any fly fisherman, if he had his choice to go ply his trade for one last day before he died, he is going to pick West Yellowstone, Montana to base out of, and he is going to go fish the Madison River below Quake Lake all the way down to Ennis. That is the holy grail of trout fishing known worldwide. It, it is the place to go fly fishing in the world. I mean, I flew up to West Yellowstone one year on a plane from Salt Lake City into West, and I was the only American on the plane. The entire rest of the plane was packed with drunk Russians. I mean, packed. They were in an empty seat. Those guys were drinking vodka. They drank the plane out of vodka. They just just drunk as skunks on this plane. But they were just browbeating me about where to go fish, what to fly fish with, all this kind of stuff, all the way on the whole plane. You know, that flight usually takes about 45 minutes. It felt like it took five hours. Those guys were all over me. The wet stewardess couldn't get them to go sit back down. They're all standing in the aisles, crowded around me, drinking and everything else and I mean they are having an absolute ball asking me about where to go fish in the park and everything else and where to go fish on like Henry's and where to go fish on the Madison where to go fish over on the Henry's Fork and on and on and on and I'm throwing all this information out there but they're so drunk I don't think any of them remember the word I said but I sent them to one of my fly shops that I recommend to you guys in town Madison River Outfitters and my buddy that owns MRO he got a hold of me the next day or he saw me out that night he comes sits down next to him and he goes teddy 
what were you thinking? And he didn't say it quite that nice. But, you know, he ended up about a week later after he got done guiding those guys for all week, about 35 or 40 of them, he came and sat down next to me and bought me a drink because he ended up making about 50 grand of all those guys taking them fly fishing all, all through the area through there. So, yeah, fly fishing in West Yellowstone is a simply a way of life. And let me tell you another quick story about fly fishing in West Yellowstone. I've got a good buddy of mine right here in Oklahoma City that played golf at Oklahoma State University. His name's Doug, and he called me, God, this is 2024, this is probably about 2015, and he asked me, he goes, hey, Teddy, we're going to go fly fishing up in West Yellowstone. He goes, where, where do we go? Who do we go with? All this kind of stuff, and he had never picked up a fly rod in his life. He had, however, won a number of PGA golf tournaments over the years, including a national championship while he was at Oklahoma State University. So this guy was no stranger to having fun, victory, and all that kind of stuff. So I hook him up there in town, and he and his wife go out fly fishing on the Madison. They take people out on the Madison in these crazy arced boats called dory boats. And these dory boats are gone all day. But in the evenings, when everybody comes back about 5 or 5.30, the town is just lit with these dory float boats that people take down the Madison and down the Henry's Fork to go take clients fly fishing. They're just top-notch. All you got to do is stand in this boat and fly fish, and this guy in the back floating you down the river, and he's got the paddles and everything else. He unhooks the fish for you and everything else. But, so they go fishing, and Doug catches 72 fish in one day, and his wife caught over 50. And neither one of them had ever picked up a fly rod in their entire lives. I'm telling you guys, these people know what they're doing in West Yellowstone. The best fly fishing guides in the world ply their trade out of the tiny little town of West Yellowstone. Let me tell you how big of a deal fly fishing is in West Yellowstone. There are more fly shops in West Yellowstone than there are restaurants. It's, it's incredible. I mean, people from all over the world come to West Yellowstone to go fly fishing. And in the fall, when the big browns migrate up out of Lake Hebgen and back up the Madison River and into Yellowstone Park, that becomes the absolute best time to go fly fishing in the world. People just inundate West Yellowstone. When the big, the tourist season kind of ends in Yellowstone Park, the, the fishermen hit West Yellowstone like you can't believe There'll be movie stars, musicians. Yvonne Chouinard, the founder of Patagonia, is a fixture in West Yellowstone in late September and in the first two or three weeks in October because he wants to go fish those big browns that come up out of Lake Hebgen on the Madison River that actually goes right behind my house and back into Yellowstone Park. It is unreal. You'll get movie stars coming down from the Yellowstone Club up in Big Sky. You, you'll go to a bar in West Yellowstone at the end of the day, and you'll sit down and you'll see a movie star, a musician, a television star. It's amazing. You'll see people from Europe. You'll see soccer stars and stuff like that at a little bar in West Yellowstone. You're sitting there talking to these guys, and they don't care. They're just in there having drunk, and they're talking about all the fish they didn't catch, and they're talking about what they're going to go do tomorrow and what flies they're going to use and where they're going and all this stuff. It's really, really cool. It's really, really fun, too, man. I have sat down next to a Formula One star at a bar in West Yellowstone, and we ended up becoming really good friends, man. He was there with his wife and we talked about going fishing and all this stuff and took him behind the house and showed him all the stuff at the house and he came by there tomorrow and caught a ton of fish and, and I mean, he gave me his card. I've got carte blanche at a Formula One race when I want to go use it. I haven't called that coin in yet, but I might do that one day. 
Fly fishing is a way of life in West Yellowstone like nowhere else on planet Earth. And if you guys want to give it a try, if you guys have never picked up a fly rod in your life and you're going, well, I don't know what to do or anything else, just walk into one of the fly shops in town. You can't miss them. They're just everywhere. I list my best three in town. I've recommended three fly shops in town and a couple of guides in the guidebook and I have not had a complaint in, God, 30 years, 40 years, and recommending these places to people. And, I mean, the best guides are there, and I take take you to them. And But just walk into one of the fly shops and just go, hey, can you give me the ins and out about fly fishing? And what they'll do when they kind of slow down in the afternoons when everybody's out fly fishing, they'll take you to this Bob Jacklin casting pond, which just got christened in the fall of 2023. And this brand new casting pond is right behind the Museum of the Yellowstone. And these fly shops will bring a guide out there and you'll have three or four people or your family out there with you and they'll teach you how to cast. And the fly's going in the water and they'll tell you how long to let it sit. Then they'll tell you how to bring it in and all this kind of stuff. And you can get a feel for it to see if you like it. And if you like it, then you guys can book a trip with them. And I've got all the information about how you book a trip with them and where to go. And the Madison River is the holy grail. But there's people in town that swear... The Henry's Fork over in Idaho, which is about 20 miles away, is as good or better than the Madison. I don't know. I think the Madison's the ticket. That's where I always fish with my dad. And we always limit it out every day plus some, I promise you. So, But yeah, it, it's great. It's really, really a lot of fun. And anybody can do it. You, Like I say, if you've never picked up a fly rod in your life, you can go out the next day and you can do like Doug and his wife did and go catch 72 fish. And you'll create a memory of a lifetime. Plus, you'll learn how to do something new in your life. You know, once you catch that fish, I say this at the end of this chapter in the guidebook, I say, once that first trout hits, that rainbow trout, and you've got him on that line, and he's got that rod going crazy in your hand, and you're trying to bring him in, and letting him go a little bit, and coming in, bringing him all in, and you're fighting him in the river out there, and he comes flying out of the water, and water flies everywhere, and he jumps about three or four feet in the air, and you see those colors on his side, those rainbow colors flash in the sunlight it isn't going to be he, him that's hooked it's going to be you that's hooked and you're going to be hooked with fly fishing for the rest of your life it is an absolute blast once you catch that first fish it's you'll be you are going to be the one that's hooked so all right so that's fly fishing in the little town of west yellowstone so let's cover the big sky area next because the big sky area is really really fun and i go up there at least once a week to go to the big sky area to go do different stuff so let's talk about big sky next Okay, Big Sky is about 45 minutes north of West Yellowstone on Highway 191. And it's on the road that goes back into the edge, the western edge of Yellowstone Park and swings back out. But there's no gates, no stopping, 55 mile an hour suggested speed limit. So it's real easy to get to Big Sky. We go up to Big Sky and play golf and do different things or go to concerts at least once a week all summer long when we are there. So let's kind of go over what you guys can do in Big Sky. And remember, I've got an entire chapter devoted to all the fun stuff you guys can do in Big Sky, but let's kind of gloss 
over it real quick here. There is a really great Arnold Palmer golf course that the guys can go do while the girls go have a spa day. And I've got all the hotels listed in the guidebook that have spa days that the girls can go book. So the guys can go golfing in the morning. The girls can go have a really nice spa day. Then they can meet up for lunch. And I've got my really cool restaurants that I go to and we go up to Big Sky. And one of them's kind of hidden in the trees over there. And you'd be surprised how many people live in Big Sky don't even know it's there. But it's my favorite go-to place and it's really, really cool. So, And for little kids, they've got rock climbing walls and, and trampolines they can spin around on and do flips and all this kind of stuff. They can mine for gold. they got this big sluice out there and the kids can mine for gold and prizes and all this kind of stuff. And then they've got downhill mountain biking up in Big Sky. They've got a place where you can rent a mountain bike, body armor, and all this kind of stuff. And then you go up the ski lifts, and they've got all of these trails. They've got beginner trails. If you've never mountain biked in your life, you can be easily make it down these trails. And they've got intermediate trails. They've got difficult, and then they've got expert. So it's just like snow skiing. If you've never snow skied and you want to go down a bit again, beginner trail to learn how to snow ski, that's what you're going to do on a mountain bike. They've got all these trails set up. They're really fun, and you can just kind of keep getting better and better at it and spend an afternoon mountain biking. If the guys go play golf in the morning and the girls go have a spa day, then you guys can go mountain biking in the afternoon or vice versa in case you happen to be wrecked on that mountain bike. Your wife wrecks on a mountain bike. She's probably going to want to go to the spa day and get a massage after that. So, But there is a litany of fun things to do in Big Sky. They've got outdoor concerts every week. The Beach Boys play there every summer and everybody from West Yellowstone goes up there and hears the Beach Boys play out in this outdoor concert and everybody takes a picnic dinner up there and bottles of wine and everything else. There is a ton of, ton of fun stuff to do up at Big Sky, and I'm there every week. And, and like I say in the guidebook, Big Sky has replaced Jackson Hole as the it place to go for the ultra-wealthy up there. But those ultra-wealthy people want things to go do during the day and during the night. I mean, the Yellowstone Club up there in the Big Sky area is, without question, the hardest address to gain in the entire United States. There is British royalty has homes in there. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Al Pacino, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, on and on and on and on. And what you have to do to become a member is be liquid to the $30 million point. And then 80% of the members, current members, have to approve of you becoming a member and the likes of... Donald Trump, the Kardashians, and even Justin Bieber, the Beeb, have all gotten turned away at the gate. It, it's really, really a wild deal. I've got a couple buddies that work up there in the restaurants at the Yellowstone Club. But what you get to do is you get to tag on to all the fun activities that they've developed to attract all of these people to the Big Sky area. And I list all of those fun activities for you guys to go do in the guidebook. You get to go up there and rub elbows with some rich snobs while you're sitting there having a beer. That's what I do, and that's what I get you guys to do when you go up there and visit the Big Sky area. It's got it going on. It's really, really a lot of fun. So anyway, so that's the Big Sky area, and if anybody that goes up there and everybody that goes up there really, really enjoys the Big Sky area, and it's a nice, quiet day to spend away from the hordes of the crowds in Yellowstone Park. So, All right, and we touched on downhill mountain biking, but what we're going to 
touch on next is mountain biking right outside of Yellowstone Park next. So we're going to do that, and then we are going to get to the final thing that I've kept the best for last for you guys. So here we go with mountain biking next. In the biking chapter in the guidebook, I've got an entire chapter devoted to riding bicycles in Yellowstone Park, in Grand Teton, where you get the bikes, where the best places to ride them are, you know, in front of the Tetons, where you guys want to go. All of this stuff is in the guidebook for you guys, but I'm not going to cover everything inside the parks because this is outside the park stuff. So I'm just going to kind of gloss over the outside the park rides for you in this podcast. So, but just, just take note. If you guys want to go ride a bike in Yellowstone Park or in Grand Teton, then you need to read my guidebook because I cover all of that stuff because I am a big cyclist. I love to go riding bikes in Yellowstone Park and there's very few places to go ride a bike in Yellowstone Park, but I cover all of those in the guidebook for you guys. But let's kind of cover these and these are covered as well, but I just kind of want to gloss over these real quick. So... In the guidebook, I've got a couple places to rent bikes right there in West Yellowstone, and one of them rents e-bikes and one of them doesn't. And then in the guidebook, I tell you where the best hikes are for you and little kids. And for if you guys want to go do a biathlon, there's a summer bike ride biathlon tournament for novices, beginners, all this fun stuff, and you enter this biathlon, and basically you go to a biathlon on a bicycle. It's really fun. Kids of any age can do this, that ride this kid's loop, and they come around there, and then an adult gets down there and helps them lay down on the ground. Your parents are with you and everything else, and these little kids shoot these really neat little BB gun-looking things, and they shoot some targets down. And then they've got one for adults and everything else. I mean, there's some really fun stuff that you guys can do, and all that's listed in the guidebook who you need to contact to do all of that stuff. Then there's some great trails right outside of Yellowstone Park that are set up mainly for you know bigger adults and all that kind of stuff. All the easy trails are right there around West Yellowstone on the rendezvous trails or trail going to the river, trail going down to the campgrounds and everything else, and they're flat and easy and smooth, even for the smallest rider. And then there are some more difficult trails that I cover in the guidebook, and I tell you how difficult these trails are. I, I make sure you're not going to go jump on a trail and you got some small kids on there that can't handle it. So these are kind of graded in the guidebook of difficulty for you guys. So you're not going to get stuck on the wrong trail. So the next, there's trails seven miles from town that are some of the best mountain biking trails that where we always go all the time. And there's different levels of difficulty, but you'll get up on these high vistas. You'll see the caldera in Yellowstone Park. You can look over and see the Grand Tetons. You can see like Henry's and Lake Hebgen that we talked about a little while ago. And then you're just flashing through these wildflower strewn meadows. I get you up to the top of Sawtell Peak over in Lake Henry's that we talked about a second ago to a glacial fed lake that pours its waters over a waterfall into this lake on the at the end of this trail. It, it's just beautiful. It's unreal. And you won't see another human being on this trail. It's just some of these trails that I've known my whole life and where we go riding. It's where all the locals go riding in town when they go riding mountain bikes and stuff. It's really, really cool, but all of those are covered for you in the guidebook. I even got some that are 
less than a dozen people go on a year that I haven't been on in probably four or five years, but I want to go on them all the time. I just never find time to go do it. And I, and I say, if you guys want to describe it in the guidebook, and I say, if you guys want to go on some of these trails, call me. I'll tell you where to go, how what maps you need to get, hook you up, and I may even go with you. If I'm up there, I'll jump on those trails with you and, and kind of show you what you're doing because some of these trails get to be very, very difficult where you're fording streams and carrying your bike across and then going up some pretty steep slopes, and then but you're getting to some of these beautiful backcountry lakes, and there's moose sitting out in these lakes and all this stuff and these tiny little little ponds and stuff like that. I mean, it's really, really, really cool. There's some great trails within about a 10-mile circle west of the little town of West Yellowstone that are some of the best in the world. I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. And all of these are all separate. The, the Forest Service has done a great job of separating the horse trails from the four-wheeler trails and those two trails from the bike trails. They've all got notices at the start of each trail of what is allowed on each trail. So if you're going to do a bike, then that trail is for biking only. And if you're on a horse, like we talked about earlier, then it's only horses. If you're on four-wheelers, then it's only four-wheelers. So nobody gets mixed up and nobody gets run over by a four-wheeler or a four-wheeler doesn't scare a horse. And And then you also don't have horses on the mountain bike trails. They've really done a fantastic job of separating all of these different uses on these trails in the mountains surrounding Yellowstone Park. And you don't have to go digging up maps or anything else. I've got all the maps in the guidebook showing where you're going on the trails I've got listed in the guidebook. All you need to do is get the guidebook and you're set. That's all you need to do. So that's really, really cool. Now, that's that's mountain biking. So let's talk about riding a mountain bike or a road bike on some paved roads that are really smooth and flat and easy. I mean, you could ride a a big wheel on these things or a tricycle, but it's also really good for any type of bike that you want. And so what this is and what they have just started, they started this in 2022, and it's called the Yellowstone Short Line Trail. And this starts at the southwest corner of town. And what's going to happen with this thing when it's completed is it will run all the way to Jackson Hole, and it will hit Jackson Hole and then come back north right in front of the Tetons and conclude at Jenny Lake. Now, those trails in front of Jenny Lake have been completed for about six or seven years now, but they have a trail that now leaves Jackson Hole and goes over Teton Pass, goes down through Driggs and Tetonia, and it is heading north to West Yellowstone, while the trail from West Yellowstone is now heading south, and they'll go by Mesa Falls, which is a great picture of the guidebook of Mesa Falls, and eventually these two trails will meet, making it one of the biggest destination trails for people to come all over the world to go ride on. They're even going to have yurts scattered along the trail so you can rent them at night and sleep in these yurts at night and then continue the trail the next day because you can't, it's so big you can't complete it all in one day. It takes multiple days to do the entire thing on a bicycle. But yeah, they're going to have yurts you can stay in at night and then keep going. It's really cool and it takes you by all these towns that used to be connected by the railroad but now are going to be connected by this trail. 
And this trail follows the old railroad that used to go up to West Yellowstone a lot. That's what you're kind of on is the old railroad tracks, which are gone, but you're on that smooth area where the, the railroad used to come up through there. That's where this trail is going down. That's why they call it the Yellowstone Short Line Trail. So in 2024, there's about, God, 20 miles of it going to be completed, maybe 30. They're going pretty quick with all this stuff. And they, they just keep adding more every day. They just keep laying more asphalt every day and grading it off and smoothing it off. And so we rode it last year. It was really pretty. It follows these streams and everything else. We saw elk down through there and all this kind of stuff. Some other people had seen a bear. I mean, when are you going to get to see a bear riding down a trail on a bicycle, man? It's pretty cool. And this trail basically starts at West Yellowstone and turns left and runs right down the western boundary of Yellowstone Park the entire way. And also, to kind of finish off this chapter, we've got a area called the Loop that starts out of West Yellowstone. Now, this is strictly for road bikers. For anybody that's riding a road bike that wants to cover a lot of ground and go see a lot of cool things... What the cyclists in West Yellowstone call this thing is the loop, and it basically swings all the way up by Lake Hebgen, over by Quake Lake, and swings all the way down by Lake Henry's, and then comes back over Targahee Pass and ends back up in West Yellowstone. It's about 67 miles, I think, and so, but what I kind of recommend you guys do, and what the majority of people in town do, is they ride from West Yellowstone, and you guys can rent the bikes here. If you guys are big cyclists, and you want to do a more challenging trip, then this is what you guys need to do, and everything's in the guidebook for you guys, but I tell you where you're going to start, we're going to rent your bikes, and everything else, you're going up and you go by Lake Hebgen and then you're going to do what's called the earthquake tour. There's all these pullouts on the right you can ride your bike to and tells you all about the earthquakes that hit through there and killed all these people. And then at the end of the ride, you're actually riding on top of 29 dead bodies on the road underneath you. My parents and grandparents helped look for bodies in this giant pile of rocks. I mean, you can't believe how big it is. When you get on, you can't believe that you're riding a bike or driving a car on the top of 29 dead bodies, but when you see it, you will. That, that's a really great thing. I cover that more in depth in the guidebook in the West Yellowstone Dining, Lodging, and Entertainment chapter in the guidebook. But that earthquake tour is really, really fascinating and you finish the ride at the visitor center for the earthquake deal. And then you turn back around and come back, and it kind of gets you on the best of the best and the prettiest sites and fewer traffic and fewer big trucks to deal with on that section of road. So, But again, that's a big road biking thing. For those of you that are listening to this that are big road bikers, I've got you hooked up, and you guys will do that, that trip, and I've got it all set up for you guys in the guidebook. So, All right, so let's get to the end of this podcast. And like I said at the very start... I have saved the best for last, and you guys just simply won't believe what I'm getting ready to tell you and what you can go do on your Yellowstone vacation. All right, located right off the southwest corner of Yellowstone Park, about an hour's drive from West Yellowstone or an hour's drive from Jackson Hole, and you will find the St. Anthony's Dunes, or the Idaho Dunes as the locals call them, as I've always called them my whole life. And the Idaho Dunes are 10,600 acres 
of the largest dunes on planet Earth. It's one of the largest dune complexes on planet Earth, and it is this white quartz sand that is just perfect for riding four-wheelers and stuff on. So what you do, and we've got all this in the guidebook, is you go rent these really high-powered razors, and you go flying up and down these dunes, and you guys won't believe this thing is right outside of Yellowstone Park. When you get on top of some of those four and 500 foot tall sand dunes, you can look off to the west and see the Grand Tetons right in front of you. And you can look a little bit north and you can see the caldera of Yellowstone Park. That's how close it is to Grand Teton and Yellowstone National Parks. And Idaho dunes have got it going on. We go down there about twice a year. It is an absolute ball. It is so fun. When I was doing tour outside the park tours, this is where a lot of people wanted to go because they want to go ride on these dunes. I mean, where else can you do this kind of stuff on Earth? But it's right outside of Yellowstone Park, and a lot of you guys have seen this in the guidebook and driven down there and gotten back and called us and going, oh my God, I've been up to Yellowstone Park for 25 years. I had no idea this was there until I read about it in the guidebook. And you guys sent us pictures of you guys bombing around on these dunes. It's incredibly fun and incredibly easy, the mach these machines machines climb up and down these dunes and everything else and we take our little dog with us our little dog run, loves running around on there i'll go park on the top of a three or four hundred foot tall sand dune i'll set that little dog down on a sand dune and he'll go flying down that hill i'll have to go drive down there and go get him because he can't make it back up the hill it's a gas man you'll see people with big dogs bigger dogs like labs and all that kind of stuff sitting in the back seat of these four-wheelers with a seat belt on wearing a pair of goggles it's really cool it's fun. This thing is a big crescent moon shape. We've got a picture in the guidebook, but you guys should Google this up. And it's like 65 miles long and about eight miles wide at the widest point. And it's just so fun. And I mean, they've got these little lakes and stuff down there kind of about a few miles after the, the entrance. And there's like three or four inches of water in them. You can go flying through those lakes. Water's flying all over everybody, and it's just an absolute ball. There's a, some camping areas right outside the entrance to these dunes. There's Then they're huge. There'll be 50 or 100 big fifth wheels and motorhomes, and all these people have hauled all of this equipment up there and these big razors and these dune buggies and all this crap, and they sit there and go ride those dunes for a week. They never sniff. They don't even think about going into Yellowstone or Grand Teton National Park. All they're going to do is ride those dunes day in and day out. <laughs> However, when Lisa and I go down there and ride on the dunes, a half a day always seems to be plenty for us. We get down there about 8 or 8.30 in the morning. Morning. We ride till about 11.30 or 12, get a half-day rental on a machine, and then we go get a killer hamburger and a huckleberry shake up at Frost Stop in Ashton over there, and I kind of tell you guys all about all that stuff. But I, I, we provide all the information where to rent your machine and all that, and how to get there and where it is, and all that stuff's in the guidebook. But you guys just won't believe this place is there. And right outside the southwest corner, right outside the Beckler area of Yellowstone Park, is where this place sits, and right west of the Grand Tetons. 
And for those of you that are repeat visitors to Yellowstone Park and you're looking for something new to do, this is a ball. It's really, really fun. And you guys can just, we have a lot of you guys go down there just to go hiking around and walk around. It's kind of a national park. You can go down there and you kind of park and walk around in the dunes and all this stuff. There's all kinds of crazy desert plants and everything down there. It just seems like it's a different world away from Yellowstone Park, but it's just right there. And you really can't see it from the highway. It's sits about eight or ten miles off the highway to the west so really unless you know it's there nobody knows it's there i'll talk about you know tell people in town i said hey we're going to go to the idaho dunes tomorrow where do you guys want to go with us and they've lived in west yellowstone their whole lives they sit there and go well teddy what are the idaho dunes and I go, well, the St. Anthony's dunes. Well, what are the St. Anthony's dunes? And I go, man, are you kidding me? You've lived in West Yellowstone your whole life. You've never been down there? It's crazy how few people know about it, but it is so fun. Just Google up some videos and pictures, and you guys will see what I'm talking about. There's a great picture in the guidebook, and we've also shot some YouTube videos of this on our private YouTube page. You guys can see us bombing around down there. It's really, really, really cool. It's so much fun fun. But I tell you what, when you guys get back, you can just you're just covered in that that sand. I mean, you've already taken a couple of showers and like two or three days later and you're you're kind of reaching around and kind of getting cleaned up again and everything else and you go, huh there's, there's still a bunch of sand back there. And I, you know, I don't think I'm going to tell anybody about that. So I'm telling you, you get sand in places that you didn't know existed on your body. But it is fun, man. It's just really, really exhilarating and really, really exciting. And, and these razors are just so built for this stuff. They're so powerful. And they can't tip them over or anything else. And they're real easy to get around and you're flying up and down these hills and everything else, it is just an absolute ball. So if you guys want to go try that and make that part of your Yellowstone vacation, then you you will have an absolute ball doing it. So there there is the end of this podcast. So we have covered a lot of fun stuff to do right outside the park boundaries, telling you guys the locals from Jackson Hole, West Yellowstone, Big Sky, Bozeman, they very rarely go into the parks. They go in in the spring and the fall when there's less people and all that stuff. But most of my friends go into Yellowstone Park once or twice a year. I'm in there two or three days a week at least. But on these other days, I'm out doing all this other stuff. We're out riding four-wheelers. We're going to go horseback riding. We go whitewater rafting two or three days a week when the water's up on the gallop and just kicking it. And... Then we'll catch a nice, warm, sunny day, and we'll go hit that river I was telling you guys about, where you guys can inner tube down that river and see a moose next to you and all that stuff. Or we'll go inflate our SUPs and go kayak on that lake that is so clear, it literally looks like you're floating in midair. It's unreal. And then go fly fishing and all that stuff. Or we go, and literally, we go to Big Sky at least once a week to go play golf or go see a concert and all that stuff. Or Lisa wants to go up there and have a spa day and all that stuff. And so, and then we go mountain biking. We've got e-bike mountain bikes that we go mountain biking about once a week on all these great trails. I'm sending you guys to the places I go. I'm not sending you places that I've never been. I'm only sending you places that I've been to and I love. I've been on other trails and the other trails suck. I'm only sending you to the best trails the funnest trails 
The trails are really smooth because some of the trails I've been on are really, really rough. And I'm not sending you on those trails. I'm sending you guys that are set up for mountain bikes where there's no horses on them and where the horses haven't rutted them up and made them rough. I'm sending you on to where there's just mountain bikes and the trails are real flat and smooth and they're easy to get up and down on. They're, they're designed for mountain bikes. That's where I'm sending you guys because a lot of the trails that are allowed for horses and mountain bikes suck, but I'm getting you on the right trails. So I'm only sending you guys places that I go and so including the Idaho dunes and uh, you'll find some of that sand in places you didn't know existed on your body so all right so that's it we have made it that's all the really fun stuff to do right outside the boundaries of Yellowstone Park so if you guys want to go out and not fight the crowds and the traffic and all that stuff pick out one of these things listed in the guidebook everything we just went over is an individual chapter in the guidebook that you just, if it looks good and you want to do the horseback riding, all you have to do is read that horseback riding chapter and then contact one of the people I have listed in there and you are set to go have a great day riding horses. Or if you want to go riding four-wheelers, then I tell you guys where to do it. We even provide that video so you guys don't get lost on our private YouTube page and on and on and on. So that's it. So there's just a ton of fun stuff to do that's listed in the guidebook for you guys to do on your Yellowstone Park vacation right outside the Yellowstone Park boundaries. And most of them are within a 15, 20 minute drive right outside. I think the longest one is to that lake and that's about 40 minutes and then Big Sky is about 45 minutes north. But that's it. Everything is within an hour drive of West Yellowstone. So, all right, and I will see you out there. You guys will see me floating down the river on a, in a kayak with my dog and Lisa's gonna be on that SUP over there trying to paddle away from that moose. So you guys will see us out there, I promise you. We practice what we preach. So, all right, you guys have a great time on your Yellowstone vacation, and I will see you there.